This episode is sponsored by Realtor.com, who wants you to take advantage of your free profile on Realtor.com. By claiming and completing your free profile, adding a photo, and all of the information that puts you head and shoulders above the competition, you're on your way to receiving free leads, helping search engines find you, and staying top of mind with past clients. To learn more about claiming your free profile, go to realtor.com forward slash profile. Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first-time homebuyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the special edition of The Real View, Ohio Policy Talk. Ohio Policy Talk focuses specifically on the latest in Ohio politics when it comes to real estate, giving you a more focused lens on what's happening in our political space. Today is our second episode, and we are diving into the Ohio State budget with Andrew Huffman, Director of Government Affairs at Ohio Realtors. Andrew, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Allison. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really happy to have you back. I know you joined us last time with Secretary of State Frank LaRose um, on our inaugural episode of the Ohio Policy Talk. So we're happy to have you back and happy to have you uh, breaking down this budget for us. So um, let's just start at the beginning. I know they just wrapped up the state operating budget. It passed kind of very last minute and went down to the wire um, a few months ago. But tell us a little bit more about the budget process, why it's so important, and what that kind of looks like from an insider perspective. Allison, the budget is the most significant piece of legislation and lawmakers work on all session. It's usually introduced at the beginning of the session. And the bill that uh, lawmakers just approved, it appropriates over $190 billion in state funding and uh, state and federal funding, I should say. It's over 6,000 pages long and it really, it touches every facet of state government. It funds operations for the next two years. And as you can imagine with the bill so big, it touches hundreds of policy areas, everything from taxation, education, healthcare, and of course, housing. The governor unveiled the the budget in January, and lawmakers spent the first half of 2023 debating it. And they you 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 hit the nail on the head. It went right to the wire. They passed the bill on June 30th, and then the governor signed uh, the bill on July 4th after issuing 44 vetoes, which isn't surprising. Uh, the governor usually does issue vetoes in the budget. He can't add any language, but he can remove language that he does not support. Very interesting. I, I think the whole process of this, you know, I don't think people realize or understand how much work goes into this. I mean, the fact that this was worked on for six months, you know, is crazy. And the amount of going back and forth and just the work, you know, kind of on your side, you know, as representing Ohio Realtors and, and all of our members across the state and making sure, you know, our voices are being heard and what matters to us is being represented in the budget. It's a lot of work. Tell us about just the work that goes behind it and kind of what your life is like during all of this and the work that you do on behalf of Ohio Realtors. Um, what is that process like for you? Yeah, it's it's very chaotic, as you can imagine. Uh, fortunately, you know, the governor unveiled his his budget and it looked, especially on the housing front, like it was going to be pretty positive. But the devil's always in the details. So we had to get to work 
after the governor unveiled his plan and it goes to the House of Representatives, they can make a whole slew of changes, which they did. And then it goes to the Senate and, and they make their own rounds of cuts and additions. And then it goes to what's called a conference committee where members of the House and the Senate come together and come up with a compromised version of the bill. So you can never take your foot off the gas. You have to work through the entire process. And we saw things that were included in the House passed version of the bill, as well as the Senate passed version of the bill, and it would be removed at the last second, or things were would be added that were never discussed. So uh, with a bill of this size, it's certainly off it offers opportunities to get a lot of things done. But then you also need to play defense as well because you don't know where you may be hit. So we were diving through all 6,000 pages when they would be unveiled. And uh, fortunately for us, this budget was very, very positive uh, and for Ohioans as well. Yeah, no, that's that's great news. And um, I know on behalf of all of our members, we appreciate, you know, just the level of detail and the amount of work that goes into to looking through all of those pages and, and keeping su- such a close eye on things really important. And, and we appreciate the work that you do. As far as Ohio Realtors, what did we really want to focus on when it comes to this budget? And um, what were some of the priorities and things that was, was important to us uh, to make sure that got included on this year's budget? One issue that we've been advocating for years is uh, an effort to try to reduce some of the financial barriers to Ohioans seeking to purchase a home. And the program that we have been advocating for was a uh, savings account program for homeowners that would allow them to make tax-deductible contributions. We've pursued this policy for about five years now, and we've always had support, but it always fell short. It was never passed. And I'm happy to report that in this budget, we were able to create the Homeownership Savings Link Deposit Program. So we're very excited about that. Uh, Under this program, Ohioans would be able to open up a savings account with a financial institution, and they would be able to deduct either $5,000 or $10,000 in contribution each year uh, from their state income taxes. And that depends on their filing status. The maximum contribution that they could deduct would be $25,000 for the life of the account. But this really should not only get Ohioans focused on saving for a a home, but then also you get the the tax savings as well. This program that was in the budget, it's really better than any program we've offered or tried to pursue in the past. Not only can account holders make contributions and enjoy the tax savings, but also family members can as well. And employers can even make contributions to these accounts. So it's a win all around. We also worked with the state treasurer's office and the accounts now will be eligible for what's called the state's link deposit program. This will allow them to earn above market interest rates. So not only do you get the tax savings, you also get higher interest rates. And really to be eligible, you just have to be an Ohio resident and you need to use the funding in the account for a down payment or closing cost on a primary residence. So you can't use this for investment properties. It has to be a primary residence. And we're really excited to see this program expanded, not just to first-time home buyers, but to all Ohioans seeking to purchase a home. So we really hope this uh, will reduce some of those financial barriers that have really posed a significant challenge for Ohioans seeking to purchase a home. No, that's huge. And like you mentioned, um, something that we've been trying to get included in this budget for many, many years. So congratulations on getting that done. And I mean, to all of our realtors who are listening to this, mark this in your notes, you know, circle back to this as something that, you know, you'll want to pay a close eye to, especially as we head into the new year. This is something you all can offer potential clients, offer, you know, 
people who are who you know are going to be interested in in purchasing a home and want help with that down payment. I mean, this is such a great way to kind of uh, uh, help with that problem of a down payment, which we know has been a problem and something that's come up in in many potential home buyers for a while. Were there certain um, legislators that really worked on this uh, part of the budget with us, or um, how did that work as far as you getting this into the budget? And who were our main partners and advocates in getting this included? You know, this was a, a group effort. We had a coalition of, uh, I'll say, about nine organizations, uh, ranging from uh, financial institutions, uh, housing advocates, as well as you know, business organizations as well. And you know, we we have been advocating for this for so long. It really was. Uh, it wasn't anything new. And the governor actually took it and ran with it, and he proposed it in his introduced version of the bill. So we had. Governor DeWine and his administration on board, uh, Treasurer Sprague at the Treasurer's office, his team did an amazing job kind of lining up the details and organizing that. And then in the House and Senate, fortunately, because of that legwork that we did in past, past sessions, we had legislators that one knew the issue and knew how important it was. So we, I, I just don't want to single out one or two legislators. This really was a, a group effort by a number of lawmakers in both the House and Senate. and. Sometimes you don't always get what you want the first go around. And this was a classic example of that. Uh, we had some uh, some roadblocks in the past, but because of those roadblocks, we were able to do the education. We were able to get our grassroots movement really up and running. And in this budget, we hit the ground running. And uh, well, you know, lawmakers saw the need. We had the solution already. And the proposal that was passed was better than anything we've ever introduced before. So it really worked out worked out well. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Great news. Really excited. And I'm sure, you know, as the time gets closer to when this program goes into effect, we will uh, put out more information on the pro on the um, the new opportunity, how our realtors can get involved, how their clients can get involved. Um, I'm sure that's all coming down the line. But when can we expect this to be um, active to when we can start, you know, having our clients take uh, part of this? Uh, what's the plan as far as launching it? And when can we expect that to go live? Yeah, the uh, treasurer's office and the Department of Taxation must come up with some of the guidelines and, and, and guardrails, but it should be up and running by 2024. And Allison, I, I love that you made the plug to, to have our members promote this to their clients because this is something we're talking about a program that's probably or a savings account that's going to be, you know, five years in the making as far as developing those savings and taking advantage of the tax savings. So you need to start promoting this now. And we at Ohio Realtors will certainly be promoting this. Financial institutions should be promoting it as well. And really the state of Ohio, uh, since they kind of have skin in the game for the treasurer's office, they're going to be promoting this. So We've seen this in other states, similar programs, and it hasn't been as utilized as we would have hoped. But because our program is slightly different, not only can multiple people take advantage of the of tax savings, but then also we have the link deposit program that allows for above market interest rates. You know, this really uh, should be marketed and should be utilized by Ohioans because the, the savings are there and uh, hopefully this will help remove some of those barriers. 
Yeah, and I think um, in in our talks about promotion of this, that we might even do a special Ohio Policy Talk podcast um, all around this program once all of those details get ironed out. But I think uh, that is going to be in the plans and in the works. So hopefully we will be able to go into more detail about that too once that time gets a little bit closer. But lots of good stuff still to come on that, but definitely great news and just a win for for all of Ohio and in a way to make homeownership more accessible to our citizens. So very exciting on that. And I know another one of the hot topics uh, that is always out and about in our real estate world is the shortage of housing. And we know inventory is low. We know this has been a challenge uh, for a few years now. Did the budget do any work when it comes to the housing shortage? Was that a part of anything into this budget? Or um, how did they approach that in this budget process? Yeah, Allison, this is another issue that we, along with numerous other organizations, have really been highlighting for years. Ohio's done a great job of attracting people, attracting businesses, but the the housing industry and the, the housing stock really hasn't kept pace with the demand. And so lawmakers took this to heart, and I'm happy to report that they made historic investments in new housing construction. And they also reduce costs for housing developers. So it's kind of a, a, a patchwork system, investment, and then reducing costs for new development. Uh, let me start with the investment side. The budget invests $225 million per year in new housing construction. And they do this through the creation of three new programs. The first is a state affordable housing tax credit program. This will provide $100 million per year in tax credits for new affordable housing development. And this is going to resemble the federal housing tax credit program, the federal low income housing tax credit program, which has been successfully implemented for decades, really since the Reagan administration. So Ohio didn't wanna recreate the wheel. They just wanted to offer um, uh, uh, more funding for a program that's already been uh, successfully implemented. So that's the first program. Uh, the second program is a relatively new idea. It's a single family housing uh, tax credit program. And this program will provide $50 million per year in tax credits for the development of single family owner occupied houses. Uh, the details of this program, because it is a new idea, will need to be created by the Ohio Housing Finance Agency. But it's really an innovative strategy to encourage the construction of affordable single family homes. So these would not be rental units, these would be single family homes. So we're excited about that program as well. And the last program is uh, titled the Welcome Home Ohio program. It provides $50 million per year in grants to land banks for the construction and renovation of single family homes. Again, the emphasis on this program is single family owner occupied housing. Uh, the program also provides $25 million per year in tax credits for land banks that they can go and partner with private entities for the rehabilitation and construction of single family homes. So we're going, going to be working closely with uh, the land banks to uh, administer this program. The Department of Development will come up with those guardrails and they'll be the one really um, uh, kind of guiding the program along. This Welcome Home Ohio program is not under OFA, but it is within the Department of Development. And we actually have a meeting scheduled, uh, scheduled with them this week to go over the details of how they see this program uh, being operated. When you come up with 
new programs, new funding sources, uh, the details still need to be worked out. So while the bill that was passed, uh, the budget bill was 6,000 pages, not all the details were in those 6,000 pages. So we still need to do a little bit of work on these uh, on these new funding sources. But when you're talking about $225 million being invested each year in new housing, we're pretty, pretty excited about it. Yeah, I think that's great that, you know, Ohio sees this as an important, you know, issue to address and they're taking steps to actively try to come up with new solutions, try to come up with new ways of funding to help address the shortage because we know it's it's been an ongoing issue for a while now. So I think uh, that should definitely make fe- everyone feel feel good that this um, was taken so seriously and, and was such a big part of the budget. So great news on that too. Um, were there any other changes made in the budget that would be important for our listeners to know about? Yeah, Allison, and, and before I dive into some of the other provisions, in addition to the investment that was made into new housing, I mentioned that uh, the budget reduces some costs for developers, and it does so uh, through two uh, primary changes. It uh, provides some protections against higher property taxes when developers subdivide land for new housing construction. So uh, uh, currently, when when developers do uh, purchase land and then subdivide that into individual lots, they often get hit with higher property taxes. This would prevent that from happening. And then it also makes it harder for local zoning plans for new housing projects to be challenged by voters. So hopefully, uh, this reduces some of the barriers for new housing development and will make it more affordable. As far as some other changes, uh, anytime you're dealing with appropriating billions of dollars, the issue of taxes is going to come up. And this budget, that was really the focal point on on this budget is what are we doing with both the income tax, the state income taxes, as well as other taxes. And the budget cuts $3 billion in taxes over the next two years. Most of that is in the form of an income tax. However, we became heavily involved in a proposal to reduce the commercial activities tax or the CAT that is paid by businesses in Ohio. The final proposal in the bill that we supported exempts all businesses with gross receipts under $3 million in 2024, and then that increases to $6 million in 2025 from paying the cap. So this, when it's fully implemented, will exempt 90% of all businesses in Ohio from paying the cap. So really, this should exempt many of our members and should have a positive impact on on the business climate in Ohio. Uh, Unfortunately, the way it's written, and we need to work with the Department of Taxation, and this is a classic government for you, while we exempt 90% of all businesses, they will still need to file the cap. They just won't have to pay anything. So the way we wanted it drafted, they would not even have to complete the paperwork. But at the end of the day, some changes were made and, and they will it appears that they will still need to file something with the Department of Taxation, but they won't be paying anything. So we're very excited about that. Yeah, great news. Yeah. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations.
anything else included that is uh, important to note? Yeah, a couple other uh, priorities for us. Uh, we were excited to see language in the bill protecting Ohio homeowners from predatory practices within the industry that locked homeowners into long-term right-to-list agreements. These exclusive listing agreements, they could last as long as 40 years. They would also run with the property. So even after the homeowner passed away, the house would be locked into these agreements. Uh, the company is currently being sued by the Ohio Attorney General for engaging in these practices. And I'm happy to say that uh, through the work of some great legislators and some great groups, we were able to spearhead some language that would make these contracts illegal. And that was included in the, uh, the final version of the budget. There is also some language that we need to watch very closely that was added. It deals with foreign adversaries purchasing land in Ohio. This is something that we've seen in other states, but the, the language that was included in the budget, it would require the Secretary of State's office to create a list of foreign adversaries from purchasing land in Ohio, uh, specifically agricultural land in Ohio. Uh, these foreign adversaries, the definition of foreign adversaries, again, needs to be developed by the Secretary of State's office, but it, it could include countries and businesses based in those countries, and it could e even include individuals. So we are trying to get to the bottom of this, of what this would mean for our members. Uh, we want to make sure that they are there are no additional responsibilities for real estate professionals who would possibly need to verify that their clients are or are not on this list. And there's also concerns, and we've seen this pop up in other states, that these, this provision could violate the Fair Housing Act and Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution, because in a way you're discriminating against an individual based on their country of origin. So uh, this still needs to be worked out. There's some standalone bills dealing with this as well. So this is one that is not going away and one that we need to dive into a bit more. And going back to the budget, there are also some improvements made to the homestead exemption. Uh, it ties those exemption amounts to inflation. And then we also needed to, uh, uh, unfortunately, fight to keep the Ohio Housing Finance Agency intact. There were some efforts to consolidate their work into the Department of Development. Fortunately, that plan was scrapped. So OFA will continue to be able to provide the housing assistance programs that they offer today. Great news on that. And um, yeah, sounds like a lot more more to come um, on some of those things. And we'll keep an eye out uh, as more of that develops. So this budget passed, as you mentioned, uh, end of June. We're now going to be heading back into session um, in a couple of weeks later this fall. Uh, what can we expect? What What is on the agenda as uh, the session gathers again and we start back up in a few weeks? Uh, what are What are some of the things that are going to be top of mind that Ohio realtors should keep an eye out on? Yeah, you know, while the budget kind of dominates this, the discussion for the first six months of the session, we've already seen 400 bills, over 400 bills introduced. So lawmakers certainly have more work to do, and they, they will come back this fall, and they'll, they'll hit the ground running. Uh, one thing that we know is on their radar is occupational licensing reforms. Every six years, legislators have to review all occupational licenses in the state. And in this session, they are reviewing the licenses issued by the Division of Real Estate and Professional Licensing. And in past reviews of other licensing boards, lawmakers eliminated licenses, reduced initial education requirements to obtain the license, and then also cut CE requirements. They view occupational licensing as a barrier to entering a profession. 
So we will need to work to educate lawmakers really on the importance of our licensing requirements and why they're good, not only for the profession, but then also for Ohioans as well. Another issue that we expect to have to address when lawmakers uh, return is the issue of property taxes. This has really been the focus since property values are really skyrocketing right now. There's been efforts to kind of lessen the increase in property taxes as a result of home values rising. We've seen standalone bills. We've seen this addressed in the state operating budget. So this uh, issue is going to continue to be discussed. The budget does create a property tax review committee, which must issue its report by the end of 2024. And we, we hope lawmakers do take some positive actions to protect property owners from higher property taxes. And, you know, the concern is that folks are getting hit with these property taxes that are going to force them out of their home through no fault of their own. And so that's truly, uh, truly a concern and one that the state needs to address. Another issue that we are hearing more and more complaints about is wholesaling, real estate wholesaling. This is where individuals enter into contracts to purchase a home and then sell the rights to that contract before closing. Unfortunately, they're targeting, in some cases, vulnerable Ohioans and often offering well below true market value for their homes. So another concern that is taking place is that these individuals that are engaged in wholesaling, they're unlicensed, and yet they're marketing their property as if they were licensed with the Division of Real Estate. So the division has been having a hard time cracking down on this practice. They are, are asking us to try to do something legislatively. So we, we are looking at how to establish some guardrails around wholesaling to make sure Ohioans are not being taken advantage of. Separately, another issue, uh, lawmakers are very concerned about institutional investors and how these investors have impacted the housing market. We've seen legislation introduced that would uh, impose a tax on investors that own over 50 rental units in a single county. I don't think that tax is going to pass, but it has raised the issue of how these large institutional investors have impacted the housing market. When they come in and they buy you know, single family homes and turn them into rental units, what does that do to communities and the housing market in those communities? So I expect that issue to be discussed. And then, as I mentioned, foreign adversaries, we've seen a bill introduced, we've seen language in the budget. I could see uh, lawmakers continuing to try to push this to prevent these foreign adversaries from purchasing not only agricultural land, then also land surrounding our military establishments as well. And so we have already been in contact with some key legislators on this issue. We need to make sure that our members are protected and that this doesn't violate any federal laws. So uh, a lot of work, Allison, uh, lies ahead. Yeah, you're going to be staying busy is what I'm hearing throughout the rest of this year and into into next year. A lot to keep our, our eye on. And I know a lot of these are very hot topics, especially with the wholesaling, the investors. You know, this is something that is on the top of our mind for our members and our clients, you know, as they as they work every day. So a lot more to come on that. And, and we'll have you back on to give us updates on all this as it progresses. I want to switch gears and talk about the election. So we just had a special election a few weeks ago at the beginning of August. We have another one coming up right around the corner in November. Tell us a little bit more about what we can expect from these elections and what we should know as we head toward election day in November. Yeah, the, the August election was somewhat unique. It was a, a special election that lawmakers called for 
to uh, determine the requirements to have issues placed on the ballot. And that was defeated. But uh, voter turnout was relatively high for that August election. We now turn our focus to November, where there's going to be two high profile issues on the ballot. One dealing with reproductive rights, allowing abortions in Ohio until uh, fetal viability, and then a proposal to legalize recreational marijuana. So two very high profile issues. Our members and listeners will probably start seeing and hearing ads those two issues in the very near future. So uh, it, just be on the lookout for those two issues. You'll have local elections as well on there. So uh, it, it'll be a very busy November. Yep, definitely. And there is a way to for our realtor members to get involved in these elections beyond just voting, which we always encourage making your voice heard. But there is another exciting opportunity that was made available with us in, in the Division of Real Estate to be a part of these elections. Tell us a little bit more about this opportunity and how our realtors can get involved beyond the voting process. Yeah, this is pretty exciting. There's always a struggle to find poll workers to work on election day. So we partnered with the Division of Real Estate, partnered with the uh, Secretary of State's office, and licensees can receive three hours of core law continuing education if they volunteer as a poll worker in November. You uh, also had that ability in the August election. Now the focus turns to November, so it's a great way to get involved in the process and, and really just feel like you're giving something back to the state. And in doing so, you are able to receive uh, CE credits and really just ensure that we have a fair and a efficient election process. So it's a pretty neat ability to earn CEs, and we were very happy that the, the Division of Real Estate allowed that to go through. Yeah, very exciting. And um, if you guys want to learn more about this opportunity, visit the OhioRealtors.org website. We've been posting articles and more information on how you can sign up and become a poll worker, how that process works. You can also visit the Secretary of State's website. There's a lot of great information on there as well. Um, all the documents you need to submit that CE credit you can find through the division's website. So a lot of places to check out more information, but make sure to get signed up for that um, if you have the day free and want to, as Andrew mentioned, ensure your elections are fair and safe. But Andrew, thank you so much for giving us the breakdown uh, on this massive 6,000 page budget. Uh, we appreciate you sharing more information about that and just all the hard work that you've did on behalf of Ohio Realtors. We know from your experience that it's a lot of work and we appreciate you protecting Ohio's private property rights and our interest in the real estate industry. So great job on this budget. And thank you for uh, coming on the show and telling us a little bit more about it. Thank you so much, Allison. I really enjoyed it. And, and you know, we were able to get so much done in the budget because of all those years of education and our outreach and, and our members, you know, our members engaging with our lawmakers. So I would encourage them to continue to keep those relationships with lawmakers and continue to educate them. Because as you found out today, we have a lot more on our plate moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And to all of our listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this special edition of the Real View Ohio Policy Talk. We will be back with you very soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.